Wherever you're at on your lifting journey, whatever kind of athlete you want to be, we're all rolling down the same iron highway. All right, all right, all right. Welcome back in to another episode of the Iron Highway. I appreciate you, as always, for joining along on today's ride. Uh, this last weekend was a really cool one. I uh, picked up my eldest boy, Kalen, my 16-year-old from summer camp uh, that he was at all week. Um, and if any of you have had the opportunity or the blessing to be able to to do that, to go through summer camp or have kids and seen them go through it, you know all of the cool memories and uh, new friendships that were created. Um, and to see him go and come back with a different spark in his eye and what I'm, I'm guessing might be uh, – couple new lifelong friends just really man that was that was good for my heart to see um that on top of the fact that when i picked him up i got the opportunity to celebrate with my entire family another trip around the sun um totally blessed to still be above above the ground um but i tell you this much uh, at 42 i feel like birthdays start to become a little bit less meaningful over the years uh especially after 30 right uh, it was kind of the, the last real big landmark birthday until it's just kind of all doom and gloom <laughs> uh not really uh but that being said um because there's not quite so much uh inherent meaning in the birthdays it's, I, I found it's really important to uh to bring meaning to them and one of the things that i know that a lot of people do um, especially around the, the turn of the new year, you know, uh, late December, early January, is they take a look at the year in review, where they're at, what they want to do, and they set goals. Um, some call resolutions. Well, and a lot of times just because of you know, the, the stigma and, and all of that, that you know, they get put down or said, um, but they don't, don't, they don't get followed through on. Um, and I just I felt like it was a better better way to become more meaningful. So me and Missy sat down and we we wrote down uh, you know some some goals and and some outcomes that I'd like to see some changes in my being you know and just kind of to continue to grow right. One of the the leadership fundamentals in the Marine Corps is know thyself and seek seek self improvement. Um, and I I tell you what if if there's any of those that really impacted my life I mean they all did but there's any of that that I really honed in on is that to be introspective and to continue growing. Um, well, that means you got to have a goal. Uh, you got to have an outcome. Um, and so what we're talking about today is the five things that are holding your progress back. These are uh, the most common mistakes that I see when people have goals and they, you know, ascribe that they want to achieve them. They uh, place uh, self-worth and their progress in them, right? Um, which is a mistake. <laughs> uh, but one of the first things that I see, and I was just talking about, is your plan isn't on paper, right? Um, uh, a goal, a wish, a desire that's in your head it, it is just that. It's it's a wish. It's a dream. It's it's a hope. Um, a plan. A plan gets put on paper. Because uh, let's be real here, right? Uh, the attentive, the attention to detail, the things that you have in your brain on a day-to-day -day basis, what what takes priority from time to time? Uh, and and usually, uh, whatever is taking priority is whatever is whatever is placing the most amount of stress or providing the most amount of enjoyment uh, at that current moment. So you become a very reactive person. 
right? How many things are you juggling in your brain? Can you possibly maintain a focus on your plan, right? Uh, wherever you're at in your journey too, right? This is, this is applicable. Whether, again, if you're a lifestyle client, you're making a complete change to your life or you are a, a, a competition athlete that's chasing a championship. Um, if you don't have uh, the finish line and if you don't have all the waypoints marked out, all of the, the milestones that tell you that you're getting closer and closer, you're never going to get there. Right? Your plan is on paper and without commitment, without data, like I said before, our decisions are emotion-based. And so you will be driven uh, by the fleeting nature of, of how you feel. And it's that's a very big roller coastery way to go. Um, when, when I talk, take a look at uh, you know my, my deficit clients, the ones that are trying to lose weight, oftentimes one of the biggest challenges that they have to overcome uh, at the start of working with me is the change from being uh, an emotionally regulated eater um, in a responsive manner where they're just kind of uh, responding to food, to, to hunger signals, to emotional situations and uh, uh, filling their stomach based off of what their, their needs in that moment are. Instead of being a, a scientist about it and having a plan, uh, you know, for uh, how I'm going to respond when I'm hungry at work. And the choices are not supportive of my goals, right? They don't bring, uh, you know, the the snack snacking choices or the um, uh, the the rescue meals where you know you were supposed to be able to go to lunch uh, or or make a lunch and now you can't, right? Not having those sources available to you so that they are supportive, not track. Um, and if you don't have the commitment, if you're not working with data, then then all your then all of your decisions tend to be emotional, right? Um, and, and the emotion real culture is just not one we want to live on. So number one is your plan isn't on paper, right? You you haven't put it in a format that you're going to hold yourself accountable to. So whatever you do, stop right now if you haven't done this. Sit down, pause this episode, and put at least your goal on paper. Start there, right? Where do you want to be? What What is your outcome that you're looking for so that you can start backwards planning it? But put it on paper and put it in a place that you're going to see it, right? Don't tuck it in a desk. Don't tuck it in a drawer in your dresser, right? Put it someplace uh, that you're going to see on a day-to-day basis, right? Hold yourself accountable to the commitment that you made in that motion moment so that when you hit those emotional moments, you've already made your decision on how you're going to respond. Number two, your nutrition plan sucks, bro, sister. Seriously. Either you don't have one, in which case we come back to the emotional eating thought process, right? Um, and again, it, this is applicable to whatever you're doing, right? If you're trying to lose weight and become a healthy person for the first time in your life, and you don't have a plan. First of all, the skill sets that uh, are, are required to get you there, they're, they're not there for you, right? You don't have those tools to draw upon. Or if you are an average you know, intermediate athlete or an advanced athlete and you have progress goals that you're trying to grow to in the performance world um, and you're not 
eating specifically, even if you're not tracking, if you don't have a, a, a rubric for the food decisions that you make, right? If you don't know that I need to get uh, four average sized chicken breasts to be in the vicinity of the, the protein intake, right? Um, that I want from a day-to-day -day basis, then you're not gonna get there, right? Uh, and you're wasting your time. So your nutrition plan sucks. You don't have one. Or you haven't invested in your brain enough to know the science behind how your body works. And so because you don't know, you trust somebody else and you end up following a fad diet, a restriction diet, um, where they cut out one of the one of the required macronutrients that your body needs to perform. Right. Um, so if you don't understand the science behind it, if you don't invest in your brain, if you don't learn the truth about how your body operates, then you'll be susceptible to fad diets, which is just going to waste your time. Right. You, know, you might get down the road of touch, but until you know how to drive, it's like, I keep bringing it back to the vehicle. Your body is the vehicle that takes you from point A to point B. Everybody has to go through driver's education, right? You got to know how to drive that car, how to not run off the road, how to not run headlong into someone, know when to turn, when to stop, how to fuel it, what oil to put in it, right? Actually, they don't teach that in driver's ed, but they really should. <laughs> uh, if you don't know how to drive the vehicle, then you don't know how to get where you're going. And it's the same thing with your body specifically. If you don't know how to fuel your body right, if you don't know how to train it right, if you don't have to, how to rest it right, you really don't know how, have a clue of what you're doing. And the, the and I'll keep coming back to this. The sad thing is, is that there's some there's some of you out there that, that are sitting there saying, "Well, Keith, I I've tried. I I read this book and this book and this book. I listened to this podcast." Because there's so much pseudo and half of bro science out there, it's, it is it is confusing. So that's why following, you know, and, and whether you stick with me and, and, and my podcast and my journey, or you go find another one that uh, fits your bill a little bit better, live in the evidence-based community, period. Live in the evidence-based community. Don't follow fad diets. Your relationship with your food right and this is this is a really deep one that we're not going to dive into too much we're going to touch on the, the the overarching topics on this right but there there is an emotional relationship with food um and, and disordered eating um it can present in a variety of ways so i will say this if you feel any sort of negative emotion about eating food. If you see, feel any sort of negative emotion about eating food, we need to address that. We need to heal that. Okay, food is not a negative experience. Matter of fact, chemically, it's a positive experience. It's how you use food that needs to be healed and improved and, and grown. Right, but starving ourselves having some sort of punishment relationship or or quote unquote having to earn our food is just it's not healthy it's it's disordered and so friends 
I just can't express this enough that you deserve to eat, right? You just have to learn how to eat to, to get what you want, period. Your nutrition plan sucks. That's why you're getting held back. But there's, a, there's hope, right? Because you can, you can reach out to the resources. You can teach yourself. You can grow. But you got to know. You got to take that, that body ed, that driver's ed course. Okay? Uh, number three, your habits suck. Your habits are not supportive of your goals, of your outcomes. Our bodies, and, and this, is, this is applicable to physique, but just our, our place in life, period, right? Uh, our body composition, our outcomes, what we have accomplished uh, are an accumulation of your most consistent habits. Um, if you wake up every day at 6 o'clock and you brush your teeth and you have a moment of some sort of personal growth to read or listen or just be, right? Um, it gives you the opportunity to, to greet the day on your own terms. So when you step into the fire of work or, uh, you know, or raising kids or, or whatever you're doing, training, right? Once you step into that fire, then you'll have the tools available to you and you'll be able to meet the day as it's required. If you habitually eat more than your maintenance calories, you will consistently grow larger, inevitably. If you habitually sleep less than six hours a night, you regularly be fatigued and your mental health will degrade. You require rest to recover. If you habitually track your food, you'll be more accurate in your food intake. And if you're looking to, to reduce your size and you're tracking your food, then you're going to reduce your size. If you habitually, you will. We become nothing more than an accumulation of the most consistent habits that we have. Are your habits supportive or are they destructive? Your habits suck, bro, sister. They suck. They're, they're, they're stopping you from getting where, they, where you want to go. Or maybe they don't suck, but maybe they're not enough to take you to that next level. Are you plateaued? Take a look at your habits. What can you improve on? Instead of being 80-20, are you 55-45? 60-40? Get there. Tune them up. Tighten it up. It will move you forward. Number four, your rest sucks, bro. Sister, your rest sucks. You are not recovering. And I'm telling you right now that all of you busy professionals out there, whatever industry you're in, most likely you're not getting enough rest. And it's probably because you're still on your phone in bed. It's probably because uh, you're still having aggravating or challenging conversations within about a half hour of bed. You're still doing things that impact your body's ability to, to click over to that circadian rhythm. There's so much that you can do. Sleep hygiene, and this, is, this will be an entire podcast. There's so much that you can do um, to 
to psychosomatically set the signal and tell your body it's time to shut down. But there's a ton of stuff that you can do to continue to tell your body to stay awake, to say, hey, we need to be on. So when you go to bed and you're planning on six hours of sleep, but you really only get four, four and a half hours of legitimate sleep, you cannot be productive. You cannot move forward in life. Your, the muscle protein synthesis process require, it requires rest to mend all the injuries that you're creating. Your sleep hygiene sucks. Your sleep quantity sucks. If you're committing yourself to six hours a night or less, first of all, like I just said, you're probably not even getting that. And you're not placing a high enough emphasis on the importance of recovery. Your sleep hygiene sucks. Your sleep quality sucks. But you can improve it. But if sleep is in, if, if, if your sleep quality or your sweet sleep quantity isn't enough, it's holding you back. And again, it may not be a catastrophic thing. You know, you may, might be plateaued. And if you're in that competition range, that fine tune can be what takes you from where you're at to that next tier that you want to reach so badly. Number five, your self confidence sucks bro sister sincerely your self-confidence sucks please if you are if you have any chance of reaching any of your goals you got to have a good support system right you look at mike tyson he had some of the best and most wise humans in, in the boxing industry in his corner you look at presidential runs they have hosts of big brains helping them move forward. And it's not just on the decision-making process, it's also the, the positive energy. But even before that, you have to believe in you. You have to take a look at the, the goal that you have, the task that you're uh, facing, and you have to sincerely believe that you're more than enough to meet that challenge. If you don't believe that you're not going to go, that you're not going to do it, that you're not going to commit to tracking your food, that you're not going to uh, be able to, to meet the challenge of that competition, if you don't feel like you can get there, then you won't. Subconscious mind is extremely powerful. It's also extremely powerful in the opposite direction. If you 100% believe that you're going to go kick butt, you're going to crush your dieting phase, you're going to uh, go PR. You're going to put up 40 points tonight. You're more likely to get there. There's environmental factors and challenges that might get in the way, but you can give your best effort if you believe in yourself. And I'm, I'm going to tell you this much. Uh, a lot of times what I see is that there's two, there's two bad zones of setting goals and they both have to, to deal with unhealthy self-confidence. There's, there's the first one that I don't mind quite so much because it's, it's okay to, to shoot for the moon. But unrealistic goals, like you just, you're just physically not capable or uh, time-wise not capable of, of achieving that. Um, 
and so you put yourself in the situation where uh, if if you're locked in and your self-worth is aligned with the delivery on this goal and you just don't have a chance to get there, then you're just setting yourself up for failure. Set a realistic goal, something that you're capable of, of, of accomplishing so that you don't create that learned helplessness experience where because you continue to try and you continue to fail, you psychologically start to expect that you're going to fail. Stop that. That's, that's not helpful. But on the other end of things, believe in yourself enough to set aggressive goals. Don't, don't set a goal that you know that you're going to get because it's, it's not challenging. Set a goal that's challenging enough that you got to give your best to get there. Humans do really good with challenge. We, we are at our best when we push ourselves to the limit. Um, and there's a lot of joy that, I, that comes out of being able to achieve these challenging goals. So believe in yourself enough that you are enough to meet the challenge, that you are, enough, that you are worthy of having a quality challenge, something that stretches you and makes you a bit uncomfortable. Don't make goals that just aren't physically, you know, I, I'm not able to jump the highest building, right? I'm just not, no human is. But if I set a goal to, uh, you know, to increase my vertical jump three inches over a period of a year or two, I feel like that probably isn't wild, right? Set reasonable goals that are challenging for yourself. All right. So we're coming to the end. That was five. Let's recap this real quick. These are the five things that you're shooting yourself in the foot with, that you're holding your, that you're holding your own progress back with. One, your plan isn't on paper. If it's not on paper, it's not a plan. It's a wish. It's a dream. It's a hope. Those don't get followed through on. Put it on paper. Put it someplace that you see it on a day-to-day basis and hold yourself accountable. Two, your nutrition plan sucks. Either you don't have one or you're following a fad diet. And it's all because you don't know the science behind how your body operates. You've never taken that driver's ed course. So take the driver's ed course. Start investing in your brain to know how to operate. Save yourself years of pain and and, and misery by fast-forwarding on this one point. Your habits suck. Right? Are your habits supportive or destructive? Where are you investing your energies consistently. We are nothing more than a compilation of our most consistent habits. Are your, are your habits supportive or destructive? Take inventory of the things that you do day in and day out. What's the first thing you do when you wake up? What's the first thing you do when you get ready for bed? Are they supportive or destructive? Your rest, number four, your rest sucks. Your sleep hygiene, you don't do not prepare yourself for sleep well enough. And so you're not getting the quality of recovery and the ramifications of poor sleep cascade throughout all aspects of our life. Low sleep increases anxiety and stress, which leads to 
if you haven't, if you don't have a good plan, it leads to less supportive decisions. It leads to more emotional and reactive decisions. Reactive progress uh, just doesn't happen. It's usually destructive. Your sleep quality sucks. I'm sorry, your sleep quantity sucks. You're not committing. You don't budget enough time in your day or your evening to get the rest that's required to become a fully operational human and an athlete. Number five, your self-confidence sucks. Believe in yourself more, but just not so much that you shoot yourself in the foot. Believe that you can shoot for the stars. Set a goal to the moon. Something you know you're going to get if you just bust your butt. But believe in yourself enough that, that, that you're worthy of having a challenge to grow. Your plan is not paper. Your nutrition plan needs to improve. Tighten up your habits. Get better and, and, and more quality sleep. And believe in yourself, please. Sincerely. All right, that's all today. I really appreciate you, as always, for joining along on the ride. Until next time, I'll see you out there on the Iron Highway. All right, my friends. I really appreciate you joining along with me on today's ride. If you found even one snippet of what I say to be motivating, educational, funny, or helpful in any way, I know you know someone else that would too. I want you to either like or subscribe, comment, and definitely share uh, the Iron Highway. Let's get this out to as many minds and ears as possible. Until then, I'll see you out there on the Iron Highway. Thank <laughs> you.